In previous podcasts, we have mentioned or alluded to aspects of today's episode, the Russo-Japanese War of 1904-05. through 05. Most recently in the Boxer Rebellion podcast, we noted that the International Alliance formed to quell the rebellion, the so-called Eight-Nation Alliance, while publicly working together, masked the developing dispute between Japan and Russia. Of course, the Japanese, rightly so, have been concerned about Russian influence in the region since the first Sino-Japanese War of 1895. Russia had provided military support to the Qing dynasty in China during that conflict. Before that, in the DMZ podcast, we discussed how in the Sino-Japanese War of 1895, Japan easily beat China and as a result was given Taiwan and other islands to rule along with hegemony over Korea. This result did not sit well with Russia. Seeking warm weather ports on the far eastern end of their country, Russia moved into Manchuria and Korea. Disagreements arose on spheres of influence in which Russia wanted Manchuria and Japan wanted Korea. Diplomacy on this dispute failed. At its essence, in 1904, the Russian Empire, under the autocratic reign of Tsar Nicholas II, was in need of a warm water port on the Pacific Ocean, both for purposes of trade as well as a base for its growing navy. The Russians at the time, and to this day, did include within their empire the Siberian shipping center of Vladivostok, a major port north of the 43rd parallel on the Sea of Japan. However, due to its northern climate, it was forced to close for much of the winter. Tsar Nicholas II set his sights on the Korean and Liaodong peninsulas, the latter located in present-day China. The Russian Empire had already leased a port on the Liaodong Peninsula from China, Port Arthur, but it wanted to have a base of operations firmly under its control. With the Russians' history of military aggression, the Japanese initially sought a deal offering to cede control of Manchuria in return for maintaining influence over Korea. However, Russia refused Japan's offer and demanded that Korea, north of the 39th parallel, serve as a neutral zone. War ensued. Bonjour and bienvenue. Hello and welcome back to Meyer Fun Facts. I'm Steve Meyer and I'm excited to present today our 10th continuous episode. Meyer Fun Facts dares to ask the question, who needs Google when you have Steve Meyer? I want to give a brief programming note for all Meyer Fun Fact maniacs. 
We're going to take a short break with our podcast and resume on March 29th. This will allow our research and production departments a little time off and some time to do advanced research for our upcoming second season and to experiment with some production options. You can subscribe to Meyer Fun Facts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And please, if you've got a topic you want to hear me talk about, send me an email, meyerfacts at gmail.com. While the creator of the show pre-selected 104 topics, I tried to integrate your suggestions every third podcast. You can also stay up to date with me on my Twitter account at MeyerFunFacts. Now, let's get into our 10th episode, the Russo-Japanese War of 1904-05. With the failure of diplomacy, the Japanese fleet initiated a surprise attack on the Russian fleet, which was sheltered in Port Arthur. The formal declaration of war reached the Tsar later that same day, there being no requirement until the Hague Peace Conference of 1907 that a nation declare its intentions before the commencement of hostilities. The attack by the Japanese Imperial Navy against the Russian Far East fleet at Port Arthur was designed to neutralize the Russians. It accomplished its goal. Over the remainder of the year, through a combination of shelling and the mining of the harbor, the Japanese Navy had, by the end of 1904, sunk every ship in Russia's Pacific fleet and had gained control of a strategic hill overlooking the harbor. In early January 1905, Russian Major General Anatoly Stessel, commander of the Port Arthur Garrison, decided to surrender, much to the surprise of both the Japanese and his bosses in Moscow. Believing that the harbor was no longer worth defending, in the face of humiliating losses. Later convicted of treason and sentenced to die, Stessel was eventually pardoned. During this same time period, a series of land battles played out in Korea and on the Leodong Peninsula, resulting mostly in heavy casualties for both sides. But with the Japanese army prevailing and advancing, up through southern Manchuria. Then came the Battle of Mukden, which commenced on February 20th, 1905, and continued for three weeks. Hands down, it was the largest battle in history up to that point, with a half million men involved in the fighting. The Japanese army expended 28 million rifle and machine gun rounds and artillery shells in the neighborhood of 280,000, with the Russians using a similar amount. After both sides suffer, suffered huge casualties, the Russians withdrew to northern Manchuria and fighting effectively ceased. 
both sides exhausted financially and militarily. The last final battle of the war occurred at sea in the Tsushima Straits, located between Korea and Japan at the end of May. It was the first major naval engagement between early 20th century battleships and resulted in a decisive victory for the Japanese. What made this war different from prior wars was the scope of international involvement that occurred during and after the conflict. While the international community strove to maintain neutrality throughout the war, all of the European powers were implicated in one fashion or another because of treaty obligations to either Russia or Japan. More to the point, however, was how each side managed to finance the war, be it through French loans to Russia or Japanese loans from a syndicate of British and American bankers. The belligerent nations needed to reach outside of their own resources to finance the conflict. The demands of the industrialized battlefield made the cost of war skyrocket. Warring nations in the aftermath of the Russo-Japanese War were going to have to develop credit lines to finance future conflicts. This opened the door for bankers to have an impact on international events. The Americans, led by Jacob Schiff, and a Meyer fun fact is Schiff also financed Harriman's purchase of the bankrupt Union Pacific Railway, decided to support the Japanese in response to Russia's persecution of its Jews. And when the same syndicate, using its own intelligence gathering capabilities, understood that the Japanese had run out of men after the Battle of Mukden, it cut off loans to Japan and effectively ended that country's capability to wage war on land. The financial aspect and the new industrialized machinery of war, exemplified by machine guns creating killing fields of charging opposing soldiers, resulting in huge casualties, has led a number of East Asian scholars to rename this war, World War Zero. An interesting side note is that a number of Western European powers had military observers at the battles, but failed to learn any lessons or make any adjustments to the industrialized warfare on display and repeated the same strategic mistakes during the course of World War I resulting in the needless deaths of thousands. When we come back, the Treaty of Portsmouth. The war finally came to a complete close by the signing of the Treaty of Portsmouth on September 5th, 1905. 
The Japanese government approved the treaty on October 10th and Russia on October 14th. Teddy Roosevelt won the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts in resolving the matter, although he was not physically present. As early as February of 05, Roosevelt had begun to attempt to solicit Russian interest in a peace treaty, but to no avail. Of course, Russia had its hands full at the time with the Russian Revolution of 1905, not to be confused with the Revolution of 1917. It began on January 22, 1905 with Bloody Sunday when a workers' petition to the Tsar at the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg was met with gunfire. The emancipation of the serfs in 1861 by Tsar Alexander II had given rise to a new permanent peasant working class in industrialized cities. Numerous strikes of up to 150,000 workers in 382 factories in St. Petersburg had resulted in that by January 21st of 05, the city had no electricity, no newspapers whatsoever, and all public areas were declared closed. The petition draft in non-inflammatory terms called for improved working conditions, fairer wages, and a reduction in the working day to eight hours. Other demands included an end to the Russo-Japanese War and the introduction of universal suffrage. Shootings by the Tsar's Imperial Guard occurred at various locations throughout the city. Estimates of those killed vary significantly, with a moderate estimate being in excess of 1,000 protesters. Massive strikes and riots broke out throughout the empire in outraged response to the massacre. In Lenin's terms, it was the great dress rehearsal for the revolution a decade later. Still resistant to negotiations, it wasn't until the destruction of the Russian Baltic fleet at the Battle of Tsushima on May 28, 1905, that Russia notified Roosevelt it was ready to discuss peace. Japan, although winning on the battlefield, had depleted resources, both military and monetary, and had been willing to engage in negotiations since March. The parties agreed that rather than meeting in the humid summer weather of Washington, D.C., that they gather August 8th at the Portsmouth Naval Yard for negotiations, which is, per a Meyer fun fact, actually located in Kittery, Maine, not in New Hampshire. The Russian and Japanese delegations did stay in Newcastle, New Hampshire, nearby at the Hotel Wentworth, now known as Wentworth-by-the-Sea, a Marriott hotel and spa. It had been built in 1874 by Daniel Chase, who, I kid you not, another Meyer fun fact, made his fortune in Boston as a prominent rum distiller. Even though both sides were not in a position to continue fighting, 
They engaged in conduct, attempting to get the upper hand in negotiations. In July, before talks began, the Japanese army seized the Sakhalin Island, a large island lying north of Japan and east of Russia, disputed for years between the two countries. Russia behaved likewise. During talks, they moved four new fresh divisions into that portion of Manchuria under their control, coordinating the movement with a threat to leave the peace talks. The treaty ultimately gave Japan control of Korea and much of southern Manchuria, including Port Arthur and the railway that connected it with the rest of the region, along with the southern half of Sakhalin Island. Russian power was curtailed in the region, but it was not required to pay Japan's war cost because neither nation was in a strong financial position to continue the war easily. Both were forced to compromise in terms of the peace. Still, the Japanese public felt they had won the war and they considered the lack of an indemnity to be an affront. There was a brief outbreak of protest and rioting in Tokyo when the terms of the agreement were made public. Similarly, the Russian people were also dissatisfied, angry about giving up half of Sakhalin. The anti-treaty and at times anti-American demonstrations in Tokyo that followed the ratification of the treaty caught many Americans off guard. While there were many steps in between, one can argue that Japan's road to World War II began not when it won the Russo-Japanese War, but when it lost the peace. But the events at Portsmouth clearly marked another significant step in the rise of the United States as a Pacific power. After courting the Japanese, Roosevelt decided to support the Tsar's refusal to pay indemnities, a move that policymakers in Tokyo interpreted as signifying that the U.S. had more than a passing interest in Asian affairs. When we come back, the epilogue and the ill-fated Baltic fleet. Before we get to the epilogue, I want to give a quick shout out to Tiplock Home Services. Remember, for snow removal services in the Madison area, call Dan or Brock at 608-575-7044. No story of the Russo-Japanese War of 1904-05 can be told without some mention of the notorious and somewhat famous Russian Baltic Fleet also known as the Second Pacific Squadron. At the height of the Russo-Japanese War, on October 15, 1904, the Second Russian Pacific Squadron weighed anchor from its base on the Baltic and started its 18,000-mile mission to relieve the blockade of Port Arthur. The ships were manned mainly by peasant conscripts 
with little mechanical aptitude and often no seafaring experience. Morale was abysmal, the standard of gunnery inferior, wireless communications erratic, serious mechanical breakdowns commonplace. Indeed, the command away anchor had been given three days before, only to result in such disarray that the Admiral ordered his ships back to their moorings. Purportedly, the Admiral, before they even set sail, said some of his subordinate senior officers were, quote, manure sacks, end quote, and their brains were, quote, vast empty spaces, end quote. After the surprise attack on Port Arthur, the Russians were prepared to credit their enemy with all but supernatural powers. So by the time they stopped to replenish their fuel of coal off of Skaw, Norway, they were prey to somber foreboding and an inordinate fear of Japanese attack. Even though the Japanese fleet was more than 4,000 miles away as the crow flies. Six days later, on October 21st, as the Russian fleet cruised south in the North Sea between Great Britain and Denmark, the fear of the Japanese fleet resulted in an international incident. The Russian fleet began to fire on British fishing vessels after mistaking them for Japanese torpedo boats and fired on each other in the confusion. Some of the ships radioed that they believed they were being hit by torpedoes, not true, and one claimed they were being boarded, also not true. One ship fired about 500 rounds, and not one of them hit a target. After discovering what they had done, they fled the scene. The British pursued the Russians, but agreed to a diplomatic resolution of what is now known as the Dogger Bank Incident. The problems for the fleet continued. Denied access to the Suez Canal by the British due to the Dogger Bank incident, the Russians were forced to circumvent Africa, adding to discontent among the crew and attempted mutinies. Eventually, the fleet stopped in Madagascar in December of 1904 to await supplies. Instead of ammunition, they received fur coats and boots, limiting their ability to practice their gunnery. And one of the boat crews even took on a shipload of exotic animals, including crocodiles and venomous snakes, a la Noah's Ark. Learning that the fleet at Port Arthur was destroyed and the city captured, the crews openly expressed the opinion that the whole undertaking was doomed to failure. It's no wonder why the Battle of Tsushima went in Japan's favor. Various monikers have been given to this military expedition. My favorite two are Voyage of the Damned and second, Voyage to Annihilation via Damnation. On that note, this concludes the 10 episodes of season one 
of Meyer Fun Facts. Thank you so much for tuning in. A quick reminder of our programming note that the next episode will air March 29th. Take the time off to send me an email at meyerfacts at gmail.com with topic suggestions, questions, or comments. A quick reminder that any fact I've labeled as a Meyer fun fact does not have guaranteed accuracy. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of the Russo-Japanese War of 1904. I'll see you on the 29th.